Hey, Little Things listeners, I'm so excited to announce that Time of Grace is hosting its first ever women's event at the Ingleside Hotel in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, this April 26th and 27th. Some of my favorite people will be there, and I'm guessing if you were along for the journey last summer when we did the faith journeys, they're going to be some of your favorite people too. I'm talking about Dr. Rhoda Woolley and Dr. Joan Prince, Lori Lorig, and all the Time of Grace female bloggers. Besides that, Pastor Jeremy Maddock will also be doing a live in-person evening encouragements. We can't wait to meet you and connect you to other Christian women. The event is called Unbreakable, Finding Strength to Face the Storms, and we hope to see you there. Find all the information in the episode notes. It will take you to the landing page so that you can register. See you in April. Today, we're beginning a brand new series on the Lord's Prayer. I'm super excited about this because it is so rich and so full. And if you've never studied it, or if it's been a long time since you have studied it, this is going to be a great refresher. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray in the Gospels he, when his disciples said to him, you know, teach us how to pray. This is what he taught. And sometimes we we say it without really thinking about it or even knowing what some of these petitions, we call them, we'll get into that, even mean. And so we're going to go through it little by little uh, over several weeks here. And so hopefully it will be fruitful and edifying for you. You'll find a lot to learn. And hopefully it is my prayer that you never say the Lord's Prayer the same way again. That like me and like Pastor Mike, once you know the depth of this prayer, that you have a hard time saying it quickly in church because you just want to meditate on each section of it remembering what each each section means because it is so full. Okay, so today we're going to start. First of all, um, I'm using Luther, Martin Luther, the reformer. 500 years ago, he wrote uh, parts of, he wrote the whole large catechism. That's a series of essays. And then the small catechism was taken and really other pastors added to it to really fill in some gaps and make it fuller and and give Bible passages to back up what he's saying. And so I'm going to be using Martin Luther's large and small catechism to really explain this. It's not my own thoughts by any stretch of the imagination. I'm I'm using Martin Luther's wisdom. So first of all, I wanted to say in the preface to both uh, the small and the large catechism, when they start the Lord's Prayer, there's a whole section on prayer. And I'm not really going to cover that because last spring I did three episodes on prayer. And so if you want to review those, go back and do that. I'm just going to quote a couple of quotes that I picked out as I was going through Luther's large catechism because they really stuck out to me. One of them says, while mindless and unthinking repetition presents a problem Repeating the same prayer throughout one's life does not. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we easily fall into mindlessly saying the Lord's Prayer. 
And I have to stop myself all the time in church. I would rather only say one petition and mean it than rattle it off and not mean any of it. I can say the Lord's Prayer without thinking very easily. But when I stop myself, when I start getting in that just motionless, just mindless, I'm just going through the motions and I'm not thinking about it, I stop and I just concentrate on whatever position I'm in, whatever part of the prayer that I'm on and and really just go through that instead of just continually, you know, mindlessly saying something that doesn't have any meaning. Another quote from the large catechism says, because the prayer Jesus taught us is God's word, it was it was recorded in the gospels for us. We know he loves to hear it. True prayer is never offered to earn or merit God's favor, but rather flows from a heart that is justified through faith. It's our communication with God. We have access to God the Father through Christ's sacrifice. Justification, justified through faith, is being found innocent, not guilty. Um, And that's just to say that we don't pray because we want to be special. You know, you said a prayer today, so you're special. You earned God's favor. No, it's about a, a relationship with God. It's taking time to pray. And this is just one formula. This is not the only prayer that we pray. This is just so rich when you understand its meaning and when you really pray these things. This is a great prayer to pray for many reasons, which we're going to get into. And then the last, just one last quote from the large catechism said, prayer is the Christian's weapon against the devil's many temptations. And to that, I would say sometimes, even in my own life, there are times that I am struggling with something and maybe I'm only struggling internally. So it's some thoughts that come in. Maybe I'm being super petty, either with my husband or one of my kids, and I just am ruminating on this and I'm sort of dishonoring my husband or maybe making a lot of something that one of my children has said. And just in my mind. I may not even be lashing out at my husband, but in my mind, I'm putting him down. I'm dishonoring him. I'm disrespecting him. And if you, like me, sometimes think, oh, I don't don't want to talk to God about this. Look, he already knows. He knows your mind. He knows your motives. So you might as well talk to him. This is our weapon against temptation. So it is far, far better to just go in prayer and say to God, you know, God, I'm struggling with my thoughts here towards Steve. And I'm just asking you, can you put love in my heart again? And can you help me get out of this petty mindset where I'm blaming him for everything and he's just bad, bad, bad. Help me to see the good in him. You know, the point being, and you might think, oh, Amber, that's, that's not that big of a deal. Okay. If you're struggling with porn, God already knows whatever it is, whatever it is, alcoholism, porn, you're trying to quit smoking, whatever it is, God already knows. Okay. So go to him in prayer and use it as a weapon to fight against Satan. Okay. Now we're going to get into the first part of the Lord's prayer, which is known commonly as the address or the address. And that's just to say, to whom are we praying in this prayer? And it begins, our Father who is in heaven. So we're going to break down a little bit what this means, our Father. 
Now, before we get started, I know that some of you did not have great earthly fathers, and that can be a hiccup here because you don't really want to know God is your father because if he's anything like your earthly father, you don't want anything to do with him. You're going to have to separate God, your true father, your spiritual father from that earthly father. I'm sorry that your earthly father did not do what he was meant to do and that he sinned against you, and that he didn't fulfill the role that he was given. There are bad earthly mothers. There are bad siblings. There are bad coworkers' relationships in so many areas. But that doesn't negate the fact that God refers to us as his children and to himself as our father. And so As much as you can separate that, think about what you wish your father was and those things that you wish your father was, that he was your protector, your provider, that he would have helped you. Those are the things that your true heavenly father really is. So don't get caught up in the term father if you had a poor example of a father on earth. Okay. How do we know that God actually is our father? Well, he calls himself that in scripture. I'm just going to give you three brief passages. In um, 2 Corinthians 6, 18, he says, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. In Psalm 103, 13, he says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to his children. Who are his children? Us. And then Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says, When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, Jesus was born of Mary, born under the law, he became human and subject to all the laws of the government, of the Jewish people, to redeem those under the law to buy us back, that we might have Adoption to sonship is what the new NIV says. I I grew up with the 1988 NIV, which was full rights of sons. And the EHV says that we would be adopted as sons, that we would be adopted as his own sons. Why does this matter that God is our father? Well, three reasons. I'm just going to talk about three. Protection. Provision, inheritance. So first we're going to talk about provision. So earthly fathers ought to provide for their children. In fact, in most, I think in all states, uh, even if a divorce takes place or even if you're not with the father of your child, the law requires men to pay child support, to provide for their children. It's just not the woman's responsibility to make sure that the child has food and a safe place to live and clothes and they can go to school. The law states, hey, fathers need to provide for their children. Our Heavenly Father loves to provide for us. I don't know about you, but my children have my husband wrapped around their finger. And it's not just my girls. I have three girls. I have a son. And they all, they all can come to their father at any time. And he loves to say yes. 
So much so, as a matter of fact, that tomorrow I leave to go out of town and I'll be gone for four or five days. And I told my kids before uh, I leave, I said, now you know that if you ask dad, he will do anything. He will take you out to eat every single day, but don't. You guys are old enough to make your own food. So I'm telling them like, don't drain the bank account while I'm gone. I know that dad will say yes, but um, our heavenly father loves to provide for us. In fact, we're told, again, I have passages to back this up in James 1, 7, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father. So the sunshine, the rain, your food, your health, your clothes, your housing, God is the one who provides us with the abilities and gives us opportunities and things that we don't even ask for and that we take for granted all the time. Like your housing, you know, we just take it for granted that we have a safe place to sleep and don't even think twice about it. And yet God has provided for us in so many ways. And if you're anything like me, I'm sure you know so many countless ways in your life that God has provided throughout the years. It is amazing to look back and just see God's faithfulness at different times and how he provided for us. I've talked about it before about when my kids were little and I decided to stay at home. So we were living on one income and I accepted a lot of hand-me-down clothes. That's one of the things that got us through is I didn't have to go shopping for my kids all the time. And I said to my husband that I had signed our kids up for swimming lessons. That's the one thing that we required. We really, my husband loves to canoe and fish. So we, we felt it very necessary for our kids to learn how to swim. So they were always in swimming lessons until they passed out of the last section. And so I said, I, I, signed the kids up for swimming suit, swimming lessons and our oldest didn't have a swimsuit. And like two days later, he brought a box home from a girl at work and there were three swimming suits that fit my oldest daughter. And I was like, God, you always provide. And you know what? Yes, I didn't get to go pick out the cutest little swimsuit. Maybe it wasn't the right color or the, the exact style or color that I would have chosen, but God provided. And that's a good lesson too. You know, God provided manna for the children of Israel as they passed from Egypt into the promised land. And it, they weren't always super happy with manna. They would have preferred their pots of meat, they said. But when God provides, it is good. It's, it's what we need. Anyway, we'll get more into that with another petition coming up. But not only did God provide for us physically, which is huge, he provided for us spiritually. Now, remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was going to the cross to die, he said, Father, if there's another way, take this cup from me. And God the Father, because he was thinking of us, said, no, this is the way. I need you to make the path for my children to be with me in heaven. And this is the way that it's going to happen. So God provided our biggest need, which was that we were stuck in sin. We were slaves to Satan and we were slaves to death. And Jesus, death on the cross, demolished that. He provided a way for us to get to be with him forever in heaven. So he provides protection. 
Earthly fathers are supposed to protect their children. And again, I'm sorry if you have had a different experience, but the fact is that earthly fathers are to protect their children. You see this all the time, you know, even when your kids scream, dad, there's a spider, he comes and gets it. Or if there's any sort of danger, um, you know, the man steps in front of his child to protect them. All throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the Bible, we see God protecting his people, whether it's from a foreign enemy that's coming towards them, like the Egyptians chasing the Israelites as they leave Israel, or if it's rescuing people from slavery, the judges, the book of Judges, God continually sent people who could get them out from underneath the hands of the people who were enslaving them. And even again, he provided a remnant, a remnant, a small portion of people who would continue the line of the Savior, even when all the others were led astray and, you know, were taken and God still kept his remnant there. One thing I want to make sure that you know, and we're going to talk about this later, there's many facets to this prayer, but God is not an equal to Satan. A lot of times we say, oh, it's God versus Satan. It's not God versus Satan. Satan was a created being. God created Satan. Satan is not God's equal. He's an angel. And so we don't have to fear Satan. God is far bigger than Satan. In fact, we're told, resist the devil and he will flee from you. He's He's, we make him out to be bigger in our mind and we need to stop doing that because God can protect us and he promises to protect us. And again, we're going to get into this later on, but for now, you just need to know God has protected us and will continue to protect us. He especially wants to protect us spiritually. And that is one of the prayers that I pray for my children all the time, far more then protect them from this, 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 and this. I pray God protect their souls. Keep them from people and things that would steal their faith. That's far more important to me. Um, also, just quickly before we move on, you know, all those things that you think you're in bondage to, you're not. You do not have to be in bondage to an addiction whatever the addiction is. And I understand the struggle. I know how hard it can be to cut the ties to something that is holding you, but you don't have to stay there. And I don't care if you're talking about meth or sugar or caffeine or porn or whatever it is, video games, anything. God is bigger and he can free you from the stronghold that is holding you captive. That's important for you to understand. I was driving today. My uh, One of my children, we went to visit somebody in a nursing home. And on the way home, uh, this child said, you know, I don't like that I'm like this. You know, that she does this certain thing. And I said, change it. You don't have to stay that way. If you procrastinate, you don't have to procrastinate. Who said you have to procrastinate? Who said that that's who you are? That's not who you are. And I told her, do you know how many changes I've made in my life over the past year? Change it. Whatever you don't like. 
If you don't like all the clutter in your house, get rid of it. You can do that. God will give you strength. Don't feel that you are a victim. Don't feel that you can't do things. Of course you can. Pray for strength. Ask God to help you. You know, even the small, tiny, insignificant things that I did, the sugar, people, you know, that's not that big of a deal. It was to me. And I'm glad to be free of it. So anything it is in your mind that is keeping you in bondage, God's bigger. He can get you out of there. Um, okay. And just a few examples in the Bible of protection so that I know that you know that God's word makes it clear. Um, when Jesus was a baby and Herod was going to kill him, God made sure to tell Joseph and Joseph escaped through the night. So he protected Jesus in Exodus 14, 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Those battles that you think you have to face, not so much. Second Chronicles 20, 17 says much the same thing. It says, you will not have to fight this battle. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. That's a phenomenal story. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That's one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. And Second Kings 6, when Elisha was warning the king that the Arameans were coming and he kept telling him how they were trying to, you know, come against him. And finally, this the Armenian king was like, who's telling? They, we have a traitor in our midst. And they're like, no, it's Elisha the prophet. He tells you, he tells the king everything that you're saying. And so the king decided to come against Elisha. And he got up that morning and they were surrounded by enemy forces. And his servants like, what are we going to do? And Elisha prayed and asked that the servant's eyes be open. And this is what we're told. The servant saw the hills full of horses, horses and chariots all around Elisha. They weren't physical horses and chariots in terms of, you know, the king of Israel's horses and chariots. They were angel armies that were surrounding Elisha. So, I don't think we're going to understand until we get to heaven the full extent of God's protection for us on earth. Just um, thank God for it and be bold and courageous because he sees you. He knows and he'll protect you. Okay, last thing in inheritance. Uh, we are told in the book of Peter that praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. All of that is to say that Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, we have hope and we are going to heaven, to an inheritance that is not going to spoil, it's not going to fade, and it can't be taken away. Your inheritance on earth, you could lose it. You could spend all of it and not have anything to show for it. Property value can go down. A house deteriorates. So you might think you're inheriting this great house, and then you come to find out it's not really worth that much. Because of Jesus. The Father has an inheritance for us in heaven that can't be taken away. We are children 
And because we're children, we get the inheritance that children get. Our Father means that we can pray with boldness and we have access and so we can confidently go to our Father. That's kind of a summary of Ephesians 3.12. Boldness. You can go boldly to your Father the way that a little child, Dad, 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 can I have this? Dad, can you get me this? Dad, can you? Will you? You can go with boldness. You can go with confidence because you have access to a father who loves you in a far greater way than we even really fully understand. That, in a nutshell, is our father. Come back next time. We're going to explore this prayer much further. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things.